Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, our boy Gordo, traveling to the Pac-12 title game. We'll catch up with him coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I want to remind you to call Action Plumbing to get your preseason furnace tune-up and safety check for only 33 bucks. Call 801-833-3333 or actionplumbing.net. Looking forward to talking to Sam Amick, NBA Daily Assist, coming up here momentarily. Sam of uh, The Athletic, of course, and joins us weekly here on The Big Show. Uh, eager to get his perspective on what's going on with the Jazz, the adjustment period. We've seen this stretch uh, that five-game road trip, and then, of course, the game against the Lakers last night. We'll get his interpretation of what's going on with the Jazz. And then, of course, uh, what's going on around the rest of the league. Uh, we can even get his opinion on the ridiculousness of what the Rockets are trying to do by protesting a, yes, egregious call. But, I mean, let's face it, NBA teams are getting, uh, I mean, at all levels. I mean, referees make mistakes and teams get, quote-unquote, screwed, you know? Uh, look at what happened with uh, LeBron and the Jazz last night with that uh, traveling. I mean, just because that happened in the second quarter instead of the fourth quarter, I mean, that, you know, egregious stuff is missed all the time. But the game is over, and they shouldn't have blown a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter. So we'll, uh, But we'll talk to Sam about what's going on around the, the rest of the league. Um, Milwaukee's just dump-trucking teams right now. I mean, we've, we've seen up close some of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. We can get Sam's perspective on a little bit of that. But, uh, yeah, we're talking a lot of jazz basketball on the show today. Uh, Frank Dolce is going to join the show coming up at 4.30. So make sure and uh, stay tuned for that. We'll get uh, the perspective on the Utes from our Ute insider, of course, Frank Dolce. We're here at Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 7 Hundred East. They have incredible deals going on right now. You can get free phones for switching over and activating lines. We have Utah Jazz gear to give away. Plenty of it. Uh, we're also giving away a pair of Jazz tickets each hour. We've already given away our pair for the 3 o'clock hour to the Golden State game next week. Uh, we'll give away a pair here in the 4 o'clock hour and the 5 o'clock hour as well. Right now it's time for your NBA Daily Assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA Daily Assist. Now, Senior NBA writer Sam Amick on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your NBA Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Cold weather is here. Is your home heating system ready? Lee's Heating and Air is now offering their winter furnace checkup for only $59. Call Lee's Heating and Air today, 801-747-LEE's or online at leesheatac.com. Joining us now from The Athletic, our good friend Sam Amick. Hi, Sam. How are you today? Doing great, Jake. How are you? Uh, couldn't be better. Um, jazz fans are are a little uh, on edge, to say the least, Sam. The I was going to say, you that. probably could be better. What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I try to keep it pretty even-keeled, though, Sam, especially when Gordon's you know not here. I, I still have my nature to... to you know, stay grounded because when you do a show with Gordon, as you know, uh, it, things get a little off the rails. No question, no question. It's uh, interesting to to kind of even talking off air to Austin to get a pulse of the local fair. Um, you know, talented jazz team that uh, you know it's, it's early. It's easy for national folks like myself to say, oh, "You got sixty games left," but when you have 
that kind of expectations they had coming into the year. You know, I could I could definitely understand some of the the local angst. Well, and I think you hit it right there, how the fans feel, Sam. And actually, Rudy had some comments in the postgame last night as I was hosting the postgame show where Rudy said, he said, two, three years ago, you, you, the Jazz could lose and you, you chalk it up to your learning and it wasn't quite so, the urgency or the pain of it wasn't quite so much. And he said this year, with the backdrop of the expectations that are out there, losses like last night to the Lakers are really, really hard in this stretch. You can tell, Sam, the team is mm, is is having some difficulty, and I think fans feel that, and, and fans uh, are, are having a tough time with it as well. It's funny because I get that. Um, I also think a big part of this, obviously, is that for a couple of years it was that, you know, what if – um, question of what if they were able to get another high-level piece. And so conceivably they went out and they got that guy, Mike Conley. And certainly nobody's tougher on himself than, you know, or Mike's tougher on himself than the fans could ever be on him. But, you know, he hasn't played the way I'm sure he wanted to. And he's talked earlier in the season about, you know, how personally he takes that. Uh, but it's like that, I think that hypothetical being – you know, conceivably fulfilled, if that makes sense, combined with struggling and with losses is why you have the angst because it's you, you can't really say that thing anymore about, well, they just need another piece. Like this was supposed to be the piece that got them into, you know, kind of Western Conference title contention, whatever you want to call it. So we'll see. Uh, the, I will say the thing about last night that makes for a, a, an interesting one from a reaction standpoint is that, I mean, because Mike was out, like in a vacuum, you can look at that game and say, well, of course they didn't beat the Lakers. The Lakers are 19-3, and three and they were healthy, and the Jazz weren't. So, yeah, you're at home, but, you know, that's still a somewhat understandable loss. Um, you didn't just lose. You got mostly rolled. And, uh, and, and then, obviously, it's not in a vacuum. It's in the context of five losses in six games. Now, speaking of last night's game, no excuses for the Jazz. They're, they're not playing particularly well. Uh, but the Lakers, uh, Sam, they're they're really good. It was fun watching them up close last night. And then you look back at, at the Jazz road trip, you know, Milwaukee, Toronto, Indiana, uh, Philadelphia, they're they're all really good and playing really well. But specifically with the Lakers, uh, it's it's clicking for them, Sam. They're not – they don't have the adjustment period the Jazz are going through. Anthony Davis and LeBron are – uh, appear to be a great pairing right off the bat. No, they look really good. Uh, and the coaching staff, you know, that's something I wrote about recently and how and how quickly narratives change, where in the summertime, the Lakers went after Ty Lue, LeBron's old coach in Cleveland, didn't get that deal done. They went after Monty Williams, who coached Anthony Davis in New Orleans, and Monty ends up going to Phoenix. And so when they hired Frank Vogel, and then follow that up by adding Jason Kidd to his staff. You know, as you know, from that time, the narrative was, you know, two things. For one, that it was like, you know, a compromise kind of settling type pick because they had swung and missed on two other guys. And then it was a, a, the kind of widespread assumption that Frank needed to watch his back because Jason Kidd would be the next Lakers coach. And so far, it's been the exact opposite. The players swear by Frank. Uh, they swear by the entire staff, the Jason Kidd, Phil Handy, Lionel Holland. Uh, you know, they've clicked with LeBron, with AD, 
and all these, you know, role players. I think people are still sleeping on the level of experience with the, the Lakers role, you know, cast with Danny Green and Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard and, and even on down the line, guys like JaVale McGee who have, you know, won championships in the past, uh, even with a small role. So it's all worked. And LeBron is certainly like always going to be the fulcrum of whatever team he's on and his willingness to not only um, listen to the coaching staff to seem to be having a healthy dynamic on that front, but to play defense, which is a revelation from the last couple of years, something he's decided to do again. I mean, it's been impactful. And like he keeps saying on his social media, you know, this is the hashtag washed King, you know, the guy who he got something to prove. And so far he's proven it. It you know I I get it that it feels a a bit ridiculous at the beginning of December to talk about an MVP race, but with that in mind, who's the more surprising MVP candidate, Pascal Siakam or Luka Doncic? Uh, you said the the more what MVP candidate? More surprising, more because uh, I I think they both are. They're both playing at an incredible yeah, level, yeah. and I I guess I didn't anticipate Luka being this far this fast, and and Pascal might be a. Uh, uh, most improved player for the second year in a row. Yeah, I mean, they're both in the same neighborhood as far as level of surprise. For me, I'll probably go with Luka just because, you know, you're talking about, I mean, if he, if I would have told you that he was going to drop a 22-point triple-double average by this point in the season, you would have been surprised by that because even that in and of itself is <laughs> right. very impressive. You know, now we're talking a 30-point triple-double average. Like, that's insane. And, and, a, and a Mavericks team that is winning games in spite of the fact that Kristaps Porzingis has not been the star that they were hoping he would be when they got him in that trade. Um, you know, that one, I think, takes the cake. But Siakam's right there. I mean, the Raptors, and I'm actually going out for that uh, Kawhi Leonard re- uh, reunion game on Wednesday next week in Toronto – I mean, they've been one of the stories of the season. You win that championship, you lose the arguably the best player in the game, Kawhi Leonard, and you're still rolling. And you know, you're right there in the East, and you know, I forget where they're at right now, but top three record in the NBA. Um, so Siakam, I don't remember a guy ever so quickly going from you know getting a, a max extension where people. Like people basically thought he deserved the max only based on market, meaning that next summer it was fairly clear to people within the league that Siakam was going to get max money from somewhere. That's a different thing than people actually believing that you are a max player. I don't think most people believed that he yet was a max player. And then fast forward, like, you know, felt like three weeks from when he got the extension and he has been playing like a max player and then some ever since. I mean, his, you know, his numbers have been great, uh, you know, 25 and, and 8 and 4, I think, in that neighborhood. So, yeah, he's been fun to watch. You know, talking about Luca for a second, Sam, I think he's going to turn into one of those players that we automatic the the conversation automatically comes up on who passed on him, right? Like Michael Jordan, we all we all talk about uh, Sam Bowie and you know Hakeem Olajuwon went ahead of him as well. Uh, you know, we 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 kind of have those names etched into our brain, and I think Luca has the potential to be that guy where we look at at Phoenix and and who knows what DeAndre Ayton turns into, but they had his Euro League coach 
you know, they had hired his coach and they still passed on him. And then you're right there in Sacramento where Marvin Bagley, I know he's out. He might turn into a fine player, but they might be looking at it and going, what were we thinking? Not let alone Atlanta trading him. You, you know, who who out of that group do you think looks back at it and goes, oh, man, we really had a shot at greatness with that guy? Um, Good question. Let's see. Out of those three, you know, I would – Probably it's hard. It's either Phoenix or Sacramento. Um, the Hawks still feel pretty good about the fact that they've not pretty good. They love Trey Young, and the, the the unfortunate thing for Trey is that if you analyze him in a vacuum without the Luca context, you know, and this is not a, a, a you know a, a high, hyperbolic statement. Trey Young is doing things at this age that Steph Curry never even sniffed which is a crazy statement, but he's also not doing things that, you know, that Luka Doncic is doing. And that's why the optics are what they are. But Trey is a very, very good player. He's on his way. Uh, They need Cam Reddish to actually start figuring out how to play basketball again, because Cam, if you remember, was the player that they got with the extra draft pick in that trade. So that's their saving grace has been that they got, you know, not one, but two lottery picks, uh, for the price of one, and then that's the price they paid for Luca. The jury's out on that, um, but they at least have a pretty reasonable argument for why it made some sense at the time. The Kings and Suns, you know, the Suns can look at it and and say that a lot of teams had Aiden as their number one pick, and that is true. But like you said, the personal tie-in with the coach, who by the way is uh, ironically enough now in Sacramento as one of Luke Walton's assistant coaches, uh, Igor Kokoskov. And so he's kind of seeing that from both sides. And, you know, with the Kings, it's like salt in the wound right now because Marvin Bagley's been hurt for quite some time, and it's just making the whole thing look worse. You know, they've won games recently, but they're still nowhere near the Mavericks level. And, you know, Bagley's not even out there. He was hurt a lot last year. And and De'Aaron Fox is out too. And De'Aaron, you know, his elevation was supposed to be like the antidote to the Luca hype, like as long as De'Aaron kept exciting their fans, then maybe they would forget about Luca. But that's not happening either because he's been out. Sam Amick from The Athletic with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sam, tell us uh, about uh, this this shoe project you guys have been working on at The Athletic. So we, we do these things every once in a while, just called blitzes, where it's like a, a themed approach to coverage where – you know, we we had one a couple of weeks ago when we, we tried to focus on the Phoenix market and write stories coming out of Arizona. Um, I need to convince them to do. We need a Utah blitz. It's definitely got to be on the docket at some point here. But the sneaker one is just trying to look at you know the sneaker game and, and that part of the the league itself and the industry. Uh, and you know, we I think have been sleeping on. Like the degree to which these players, I mean, this they live and die by this stuff. They obviously sign these, you know, shoe contracts that are, uh, you know, more than a hundred million dollars, and in some cases up upwards of, you know, seven eight hundred million with the Kevin Durant of the world. So anything sneaker shoe related that you could come up with as far as an angle, as a, an NBA writer at the Athletic was kind of the directive, and we had some really fun stories come out of that. I happen to write about Bagley and how when he was in India with the Kings during the preseason, he went out of his way to try to corner the market on on the growing uh, kind of the Indian market. Um, 
so that was my angle. But I mean, my favorite one out there that we've had was was uh, Dennis Schroeder of the Thunder, and how to this day he still uh, takes pride in wearing Kevin Durant's Nike in Oklahoma City, which is something that Russell Westbrook used to give him a hard time for, and the Thunder fans I'm sure don't love, but but he just happens to love that sneaker. Uh, you know, we had a good piece today, Brett Dawson out of L.A. Writing about Anthony Davis and how surprisingly he's never had his own signature shoe, and kind of you know analyzing why and how big guys are not as marketable as wing players, and and his personality doesn't necessarily resonate like some of the other stars. So anything you could ever want to read about the the way that the shoe game plays a part within the NBA, uh, you can find on our site right now. Um, I'm I'm not sure if this was part of the blitz. It doesn't sound like it. But on that kind of note, uh, how big a deal the the shoe industry is to these guys. Um, it, it was an under, I guess, emphasized part of the of the China story and the the difficulty. How much do you think those, you know, shoe companies were were sweating or still are sweating the fallout because the players and the companies themselves are making millions, if not billions, over there on a yearly basis? Yeah, I mean that part is uh, to be honest that is an angle we need to explore um it's more timely and, and you know more based in the news element it's it's i mean the word uncomfortable comes to mind because you have nba players who are normally pretty outspoken you know who got real quiet real quick because of these business arrangements that they had you know guys like cj mccollum clay thompson you know who are repped by the chinese shoe company anta um, you know, LeBron, when he came out and said what he said, uh, essentially, you know, it obviously was roundly panned by the folks in Hong Kong who were protesting for their freedoms over there. And, and I thought it was a terrible look from LeBron. It was hard not to immediately wonder if his motive, you know, might not have been to, to kind of up Nike's stock in China. Because honestly, the, the Chinese folks who are loyal to the government and what's happening there, uh, they, by all accounts, they loved it. So that's the other side of the shoe game where the, the, the contractual kind of obligations and, and the you know financial tie-ins that these guys have uh, certainly end up playing a part in, in their calculus. He is Sam Amick of The Athletic, your NBA Daily Assist, brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sam, thanks for the wisdom as always. We'll catch you next week. You got it. Thanks, Jake. Be good. Thanks, Sam. You too. Sam Amick, uh, always a highlight of the week here on uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And I think uh, his perspective on the Utah Jazz is a good one, taking a little bit of a, a broader view of it and, you know, correctly point out that there is certainly a lot of basketball left to be played and plenty of time for them to uh, to figure out uh, what's going on. All right, we're going to talk to the great Frank Dolce coming up right around the corner. We'll talk some Pac-12 tw- uh, title game with our Ute Insider. But joining us now here from Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East, our gr- uh, good friend Carlos. And Carlos, you just want to help folks communicate. Oh, yeah, yeah. We want them to be in touch with their family, their friends. Holidays are coming. We have free phones for them. For Newlands, for Adelines, if they already have uh, have an account with us, they can add a line, they can add tablets, they can add smart rates for their cars, and we have a new device that is a pet tracker. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's a collar that you can put on your pet. No way. Yeah, and you can set up a geofencing. That means that if your pet is leaving that zone, 
you name it, uh, half mile, a mile, right? you will get a notification on your phone. Wow. How about that? That's amazing for yeah. peace of mind, right? Yeah. And if your pet is lost... You can find it with the GPS on that caller. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so come down. Take advantage of that. Um, also, I can't believe this. You guys are, are – uh, tell us about your kind of what, five lines or what, uh, what are you talking about for the family deal? Correct. Yeah. So we have family lines. We uh, All of the family lines are based on our best plan. Uh, that it's $60, month, uh, $60 a month and you get unlimited calls, unlimited text, unlimited high-speed data. And we are offering on that plan Amazon Prime, all the benefits. So you can watch videos, movies, you can read books, uh, awesome. you have Amazon Music as well. And for two lines, it's $90. For three lines, it's 120 And if you add a fourth line, you still pay $120. That's amazing. Come down and take advantage of it. Plus, Carlos and the gang, you guys have uh, pizza here, chips, drinks. Uh, we've got jazz gear to give away. We're giving away jazz tickets to the Warriors game. Tons of reasons to come down and check Oh, yeah, out. yeah. Please come and visit. 2120 South, 700 East, Metro by T-Mobile. Thanks, Carlos. Thank you. We'll have uh, Frank Dolce joins us coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. show 97.5 1280 the zone jake scott gordon monson gordon traveling today however he's going to be on the show at the top of the five o'clock hour so stay tuned for that band of the day today ozzy osbourne selected by our good friend johnny lightfoot who's our on-site engineer today and it's brought to you by live nation concerts buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at live nation.com let's give away some uh let's give away some tickets 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. We're going to hook you up with a four-pack of tickets to go see the Salt Lake City Stars tonight as they take on the South Bay Lakers. It is Wizard Night. You'll recognize your favorite wizards there with the first 300 fans receiving wizard glasses and wands. Harry Potter characters posing for photos. Game time is at 7 o'clock, so uh, go on by and check it out, Salt Lake City Stars, or you can be the 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. We're going to talk to our good friend Frank Dolce coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts uh, for the Utes going into this uh, Pac-12 title game against the Oregon Ducks. Uh, Tomorrow, by the way, plans, uh, of course, uh, game time is at 6 and uh, we're going to be hanging out with our friends at Stonehaven Dental. We'll have a big show for you. And then Hans is going to come in around 4.30. And then the official pregame uh, for the Pac-12 championship game will begin at 5, where Frank, Hans, and myself uh, will take you up to kick. And then, of course, we'll have postgame coverage for you, as always, as soon as the game goes final. In fact, let's get out to the zone phone. Our Ute insider here on the station and our good friend, former Ute quarterback, longtime analyst Frank Dolce with us on the big show. Hi, Frank. How are you? Hey, Jake. Jake, what's happening? You're you're carrying the load today. Man, what a guy. I am. Gordon is is taking the the wagon train over the Sierra Nevada mountains, and so I've got to you know hold down the ship. Uh, <laughs> wait, is he really doing that? No, 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 no. Oh. But uh, you know, I thought uh, maybe he would do some you know something like that, kind of a 
trick sort of a deal. He seems like that kind of guy. That does seem a little bit uh, like uh, Gordon, something Gordon would do. But no, he's uh, he's going to come on the show at, at five, and we'll still get to talk to him. But uh, yes, he left me the the heavy lifting. But thankfully, uh, we're talking to you, Frank. So that's always uh, a pleasure, and that's always helpful. That, thank you. Well, that's absolutely nice of you to say. I love. I look forward to coming on with you every week. All right, let's uh, let's start out kind of from a broad perspective, Frank. Uh, look at this game yeah. and give us uh, give us the tale of the tape. How do you? What's your feel on this one going into tomorrow night? Well, I, it's a really good matchup. It's the right matchup for the Pac-12. Um, the two, you know, I, I think two the two best teams in, in the conference uh, getting together, and and I and I like that they didn't play during the regular season. I mean, I, I guess there's something compelling about. The teams playing twice and, you know, once in the regular season, once in the championship. But I like the, the fact that Utah gets and, and Oregon gets this, this game with, and, they, and they haven't faced each other this year. So um, good, good matchup for Utah on the defensive side. It's like, like this is going to be the best offensive line that they faced. And I thought that about uh, Washington at the time, too. Um, and and we'll see how Utah manages that because this is this is a this is a good group. It, they're all seniors, one sophomore, and sophomore, you know sophomore is the best one. But but it's a good group, uh, and they've they've done a nice job this year. And and we'll see if if Utah has uh, a way to get to the quarterback and and slow down the running game. The quarterback's an interesting spot for, for Oregon. He's very very good. He's a guy that makes all the throws, especially in a clean pocket. But I also think that. If you watch games where he's under pressure and a te- the opposing team has been able to, to rattle him a little bit, then he's clearly, decidedly not as effective. Um, Arizona State, I think, proved that proved that out a little bit. So, um, and and then and then Oregon's running game is interesting. I, I don't know that they rely on, on rely on their run game as much as they should. I don't think they take the time to develop their run game as much as they should. Um, and then certainly with Utah and, and the way they stop the run, who knows how committed Oregon will be to the run game. So I like the matchup. I really like the matchup. Good good on the you know front seven, good in the defensive secondary for Utah. And I think that they might take a couple blows early and then settle in like Utah's done recently and, and, and kind of play that stifling defense and make it really difficult uh, for, for Oregon to move the ball. The other side of the ball is – that that's I think that's the key matchup in the game is Utah offensively, Oregon defensively. Oregon defensively, you know they they match up with Utah defensively. One one and two in the in the conference have been very good all year long. The the, the defensive side may have been considered the strength of Oregon at times, um, and so how will Utah manage that? My sense is that Utah's going to do what they do and force Oregon to to try and stop it and stick to their game plan and stick to their strategy. And, and that's worked out really well for Utah this year. But I think it's going to be tough sledding for, for Zach Moss. And he's going to have to, rather than getting 100 yards on, on 18 or 20 carries, it's going to take him 30 carries maybe to get to that 100-yard mark. That's still productive, by the way. Make no mistake. If you're averaging three and a half yards a carry kind of a deal – that's still pr- productivity, and, and I would stick with the run game in that situation. And then, uh, and then Tyler Huntley is just going to have to be the same old Tyler Huntley. Super he, – he got, he got into a bad spot a week ago against Colorado for, for the first quarter of play. He reverted back. 
He was running all over the place, couldn't find anybody downfield, looked a little unsettled, got on the headset with Coach Ludwig and figured things out. And, uh, and he's going to have to be that guy, super steady. And, and if Utah can get into that game plan where stifling defense, an offense that controls the ball, controls the line of scrimmage, and keeps the opposing offense off the field, I feel really good about Utah's chances. Frank, I heard you earlier today on the uh, Ute Preview Show, and uh, you're doing terrific work as, as usual. And you guys were talking about Tyler Huntley making um, improvement and coming so far. And I, I thought you guys made some really good points, but I, I had a thought while listening to that. I want to run, run it by you, maybe a, a little bit different angle to look on it or look at it. And I, I think Tyler Huntley's improvement is is actually a, a comment, in addition to what you guys were talking about, is also a, a comment on the benefit of coaching stability. And a couple of weeks ago, Kyle Whittingham mentioned, uh, was talking about this senior class in this group, and he mentioned that two years ago they saw this coming, that they saw this group as, as a group that could be something special. But, of course, in the Pac-12 era, what has held Utah back at times has certainly been quarterback play. And when Witt saw this season on the horizon, he had a quarterback decision to make. And I heard you guys talking about this as well. Troy Williams versus Tyler Huntley. And when, at the time, he made the decision, Troy Williams was the better quarterback. He gave you the better chance to win ball games two years ago. But Kyle Whittingham knew he had his job was safe. He knew he had the luxury of planning for the future. He picked Tyler Huntley for this year to get him the the experience to help him along the way to improve like he has. And he's put in the work. You guys were right about that. But the fact that Coach Witt knew that his – job wasn't on the line game to game allowed him to make a decision to set up this year from a quarterback standpoint what do you think it was a difficult decision at the time I didn't like it I thought Troy Williams was the guy and that you just had to roll with him Uh, and in fact when Tyler Huntley got injured and Troy Williams came back Utah became more productive offensively and that's because they changed they they changed their philosophy on offense became more reliant on the run game from the running back position less reliant on the run game from the quarterback position and Troy Williams uh, didn't take the ball in the zone read I mean he, he he handed it off more often and Utah became more productive offensively when Troy Williams was in the game I think that was clear. So I didn't I, – at the time, it was a head-scratcher. Like, what in the world are we doing here? Um, and, and so it was tough to go through. For, for Utah fans, um, I think it was tough to go through that period. But, but now, it may, you know, it makes – maybe it makes Coach Whittingham look a little, a little bit like Nostradamus. He knew what was happening ahead of him. And, but, but the other thing about that is we wouldn't be talking – I don't think we'd be talking about this if Utah didn't make a change at the offensive coordinator. Like that's the – to me, that's the missing link. That's the X factor. If, if Utah's still under the offensive system they were for the past two years prior to Andy Ludwig coming to town, I think you might be looking at a much different Utah offense in terms of productivity – scoring 
and a, a different team in terms of wins and losses. Because now you don't necessarily have a team that keeps an opposing offense on the sideline and only allow an opposing team to have 55 or 60 plays during a game instead of 70 plays during a game. And, and you don't necessarily have a quarterback who has this unbelievably high quarterback efficiency and, and pass completion percentage um, and, and strict focus on the run game and, and quite frankly, uh, a passing game that is, is not as loose a passing game that has patterns and reads and, and, and a quarterback who knows his obligations, what he's supposed to do on every, any given play and when to dump the ball off. So yes, you know, that maybe that was the right thing for, for coach Whittingham to get Tyler Huntley playing time and experience early. It certainly looks like it now, but I don't think you can discount how much of a change that the coordinator position made for the entirety of the football team. Frank, before I let you go, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how ecstatic are you to work with me tomorrow on the pregame show? Is there a 12 on that scale? (laughs) That's where I'm going. If there's anything above a 10, that's how I feel about working with you tomorrow on the pregame show. That's my guy. You, Hans, and me will get it. Uh, we'll get everybody set for kickoff. I mean, I'm 100% looking forward to it. Uh, this could be the biggest game in Ute history. You can certainly make an argument for it. And I'm excited to be a part of, of the coverage tomorrow here on The Zone. It's going to be awesome. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll break it down for you offense, defense, special teams. If you want insight about this game, you just can't miss the pregame show tomorrow. Thanks, Frank. You're the best, buddy. Thanks, Jake. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. See ya. Frank Dolce, of course, our Ute insider here on The Zone, former Ute quarterback, longtime Ute analyst. Uh, he, Hans, myself, we're going to be here tomorrow uh, taking you up to kickoff, getting you ready for it. Very much looking forward to it. All right. I want to remind you about the Ford Fan Zone. Purchase Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream. Starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to, board, uh, to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. We're here at Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East. Come grab some jazz gear. We're still giving away jazz jazz tickets one per hour or excuse me a pair per hour we're not just giving out single tickets that that would kind of be a jerk move right like here here's your ticket uh, you'd probably want to go with somebody oh, you but know i'm sorry people oh well <laughs> so we're giving out a pair an hour so you still have a few minutes here in the four o'clock hour to come by and uh enter to win They've got pizza, chips, drinks. Uh, come grab some snacks, and they have uh, incredible deals as well. Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East. Uh, the Not Not Sports Report is coming up next, and I call it that because uh, I want to play Mark Pope's comments about the referees from last night. Uh, this BYU-Utah game. We'll get to that coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Last night, I show up to the jazz game, and I have had an issue with colors in my life and not being able to always differentiate. I'm not color blind, we're color deficient. I show up to the game, and I have a very nice outfit on. Walk in, I'm looking good, feeling good. And then somebody goes, yeah, why are you wearing that sweater? They were like, you're wearing like a full-on Lakers-colored sweatshirt. You look Laker-ready for tonight. Is that why you did the game topless yesterday, Tony? Uh, For the first time out. Okay. First time out. <laughs> and then management really frowned on that. That was an awkward moment because none of these other people who are going, what are you doing? They don't know that I don't know. And I don't know that they don't know that I don't know. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now you're not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Line from Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East. Drop by and see us giving away some jazz tickets, one pair per hour to the Golden State game next week. Plus, we've got jazz gear for you, stars tickets to give away as well. Let's get to the Not Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. I say Not Not Sports Report, Austin, because we're going to talk and uh, play some audio uh, from the post game from the BYU-Utah game last night, which was one heck of a game. The Utes come away on top, 102-95. to 95. Ryland Jones misses a bunny, a layup that would have um, – that would have uh, put the Utes up in the game. BYU comes down, hits a couple of free throws. BYU's up three. And then Stone Cold Ryland Jones cans a three from well outside the three-point line to send it to overtime uh, where he basically continues to uh, to dominate. He and Timmy Allen both with terrific games. Jones at 25, Timmy Allen with 27. BYU at times in this game looked incredible. Uh, Yoli Childs before going out with some cramps was dominating with 29 points on 12 of 16 shooting in his first game. I mean, he was unbelievable. Jake Toulson was really good. It was it was a great game. Uh, now, the free throw disparity was a bit of a controversy. The Utes going 24 of 31, BYU going 13 of 17. So Mark Pope uh, in the postgame was asked about that, and here's what he had to say. I thought the officials were amazing. That's probably the best crew that's ever set foot on the planet. And I'll tell you this, uh, a really brave and courageous crew. I mean, that crew, I would take them every single game. They're amazing. <laughs> so just a, just a tad bit of sarcasm. I heard you talking about this on your show today, Austin, uh, from 10 to noon with Tony Parks. Yeah, I agree with you totally. My favorite part was brave and courageous. What a brave and courageous crew. I tell you, yeah. I wish they had every game that, uh, that we have. Absolutely hilarious. I do, I do disagree with you. I think they can still find him for that. They can find him for whatever. I mean, something as blatantly as sarcastic as that, I still think he could possibly uh, – he could uh, possibly get fined, but how are you going to hey, prove he's being sarcastic? You can't prove that. 
Oh, they don't have to prove anything. What is this, a court of law? You can just matter. Fi- so find him for wearing a red tie then, or what? I don't. Th- yeah, that's they can the, find you for what. This for is just a republic of its own without a republic. Yeah. See? Okay. Ex- exactly. You know, it's uh, the commissioner of the WCC or whatever can do whatever they want. I bet it would be different if it were a conference game. I don't know where the crew was from uh, last night, but uh, anyway, sometimes that stuff though. I, as funny as I think that is. You know, sometimes it comes off as a little bit of sour grapes. BYU just couldn't close out. And after Yoli left, they had trouble defending the interior. And they had trouble uh, at times scoring the basketball. I did not like their uh, final shot in regulation. Um, so it, it was a it was a great game. Thought that was funny from Pope after the game. But, uh, you know, and sometimes blaming officials, I think, gets a little bit old. But his sarcasm was hilarious. How about the bravery uh, from uh, uh, the Scott Foster crew in our building last night? Jake. With LeBron? Yeah, to not call LeBron for traveling. A brave and courageous call. It was amazing. <laughs> a really brave and courageous crew. <laughs> brave and courageous Get right them into space now. Him. NASA has never seen the guts of an NBA <laughs> official. <laughs> a really brave and courageous crew. Uh, that is funny. That That is funny. All right, we are here at Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East. We're hooking folks uh, up, and our friend Carlos joins us uh, once again, hooking folks up with free phones, with Amazon Prime, which is great, but also unbelievable plans uh, at unbelievable cost. Yeah, correct. Uh, so we're riding on T-Mobile Network, and I don't know if you guys have been active in so- on social media, we are launching 5G tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. That's coming tomorrow? That is tomorrow, December 6th. Wow, what timing to be here today, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's great. I mean, to ride on 5G, you will need a proper device, right? And we are also launching Note 10 Plus for Metro by T-Mobile, exclusive for us. Wow, an exclusive for you guys, the Note yeah. 10? Yes. Wow, yes, how about sir. that? It's it's awesome. It's the first Note 10 product that we're going to have in stock. So the best product at the best prices here at Metro by T-Mobile. That is correct. Five lines for $150 a month. Unlimited everything. That's amazing. Uh, five lines, $150 a month, and unlimited everything. What family wouldn't want to go with that, Carlos? Correct. And another thing about 5G is that we're not uh, charging extra for that. Oh, it just comes. It just you'll just grab it. That's awesome. Yes, yes. So that's uh, what the company's been working for the past month, almost six months on that. And we don't want to put extra chargers or extra fees for our customers to use our 5G network. Amazing. 5G is coming tomorrow, people, and you can take advantage of it today here at Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East. On top of that, Carlos, we have some pizzas, some snacks. Uh, we have jazz gear we're giving away, and we're giving away jazz tickets to the uh, the Golden State game next week. We've given away two pair, Johnny. One pair, we'll get one pair right now, and then a pair in the 5 o'clock hour, so folks uh, still have time to drop by. Thanks, Carlos. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Yeah, 2120 South, 700 East. Come on by. Get taken care of. Uh, More of the big show. Knocking on wood. Hopefully talking to Gordon coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Police in Missouri said someone took two pies from a store that was accidentally left unlocked while it was closed on Thanksgiving Day. Police came and they found a whole bunch of cash on the counter with a note that read, Happy Thanksgiving. No one was here, but we were in desperate need of pies. So we left this money and we took the pies. Where were you on that night, Hans? <laughs> oh, Hans wouldn't have left money, though. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow, Scotty. What is going on, man? Are you just sitting in your room somewhere in San Jose just porky-pigging it and saying, hey, hell with it. <laughs> if I lose all my friends, I don't care. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.